Dr. Cottle is a very <laughs> unusual man. He's used of God all over the world. He oversees the missions, uh, Macedonia World Baptist Missions, the director. Scores and scores and scores and scores and scores of, Brother Scott, can we bump that back up one degree? I got some folks that are uh, about to have snotsicles. Uh, sorry, but the temperature outside must have warmed up enough to make it run a little bit more inside. But seriously, but you don't understand what it takes to put a missionary on the field. And a lot of people say, well, preacher, why do missionaries have to raise money to go to the field? Because in most countries, an American cannot make money off of the citizens of that foreign country. They can't earn their living from them. Even as a pastor, if I went to many of these countries, I could not take a salary from that church like we do here. Uh, we're not allowed to do that. And so they have to go get their salary and the ability to run the church. Now, the church can take offerings and use it for the church people and things, but they're not able to live themselves that way. And that's why they go on deputation and earn money and that type of thing. And uh, it's our job to help keep them there. But they also have health insurance. They have travel expenses. They have other needs that arise. And uh, Dr. Cottle helps uh, churches help these missionaries all over the world do that very thing. And, but here's a man that understands both sides of it. He's also pastor to church. He understands the church side of it, the church member side of it, as well as the mission side of it. Dr. Cottle, I don't even know if you know this, but 43 years ago, I was on a mission trip in Mexico. God got a hold of me and said, son, I want you to be a preacher. And I surrendered to preach on the mission field. Honestly, I thought I would go back and be a missionary in Mexico. Through the years, God changed that a little bit. I didn't understand it, but God's allowed me to teach in two different Bible colleges and train missionaries, pastor and help send out missionaries and help missionaries all over the world. God said, I got something else planned for you, but I was willing to. I was willing to. I love the mission field. I do. I got to be careful going or I'll never come back. You know, one of those kind of things. And my heart just breaks for people that don't have the gospel. Uh, I just read uh, Brother Jackson's uh, prayer letter this morning in India. India is now the biggest populated country in the world at 1.43 billion people, just surpassed China. Less than 1% of the people in India have the gospel. Think about that. Less than 1%. We're spoiled. We're spoiled. My dear friend, Dr. Cottle, is going to come preach to you. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you very much. Take your Bible as you're standing and let's just remain standing and read the Word of God together. 2 Corinthians chapter number 8. 2 Corinthians chapter number 8. And with the help of the Lord, I'm going to begin reading in verse number 1 of that chapter. Pastor, thank you so very much for the opportunity to stand in your pulpit. I do not take that lightly, neither do I take it for granted. The Lord has given a great, great responsibility this morning. 
and I want to be faithful to do what he's called me to do. I appreciate your pastor sharing with me uh, just a, a day or two ago about his vision for this Sunday. And as soon as he shared his vision for this Sunday with me, the Lord brought these verses of Scripture to mind. So I believe as you and I follow the faith of your pastor this morning, I believe God's going to give great increase. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1. We'll read a few verses and then consider the context of the Apostle Paul's writing throughout the course of the message this morning. Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, how that in a great trial of affliction the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. For to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. Now we're going to be using our Bibles this morning and I'll tell you why. We're going to use our Bibles because when it comes to world evangelism, when it comes to giving so that others could hear the gospel, it matters very little what Brother Caudill has to say. But ladies and gentlemen, it matters a whole lot what God has to say. And so I'm not here to share my opinion with you. I'm simply here to tell you what this Bible teaches us about giving by faith. So I'm going to preach on this thought this Lord's Day. Making the case for giving by faith. Let's bow our heads, shall we, for a moment of prayer. Father... I pray that you would do much more than just challenge us today. I pray you would change us that we may be more like thee. Help me, I pray, I'm nothing without you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you so much for standing. Please be seated. Making the case for giving by faith. Now, before we dig into the truths of the Word of God before us, let's take a few moments in order that we might consider the context of the Holy Spirit of God inspiring Paul to pen the verses before us. When you study your Bible, you'll discover that after waiting a full year for the Corinthian church to fulfill a promise regarding a special offering For the saints in Jerusalem. Paul is writing the chapter before us in order to persuade the Corinthians to do what they had actually promised earlier in the year they were going to do. They were quick to say, we're going to give to that need, but their actions did not back up their promise. 
And so Paul, in an effort to be effective in driving the need to not only say it, but to do it home, he begins to use the churches of Macedonia as an example of giving by faith for the sake of others. After all, it was those Macedonian churches that had participated in the same offering as a result of the report they had initially received from Paul concerning the church of Corinth's promise to give. Now we know that because 2 Corinthians chapter chapter 8 not only bears that truth out, but 2 Corinthians chapter 9 does so as well. There Paul declared in the latter portion of verse 2 of 2 Corinthians chapter 9, your zeal, speaking of course of the Corinthian believers' zeal, hath provoked very many. That is to say, as a result of the Corinthians' promise to give, the Macedonians were persuaded to give as well. However, when you study the Bible, you'll discover there was a tremendous difference between the Corinthians' giving and the Macedonians' giving. The Corinthians' promise to give turned into procrastination. But the Macedonians' promise to give turned into performance. Because according to the text before us, God would work through the Macedonian church's giving in order to finance the work that God had called Paul to do. Now that truth assures us this morning, ladies and gentlemen, there is a reason that God has forever preserved these verses of Scripture in our Bibles today. I submit to you that God still has a plan to finance the work of reaching a lost and dying world with the gospel. Of making a difference in the lives of others. And I believe that plan is clearly revealed here in the few verses of scripture in which the Lord has led us to this morning. Why, you don't think for one moment our Savior would have commanded us to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature without a plan to finance that work, do you? I submit to you, absolutely not. God does have a plan to finance the work of reaching others with the gospel. And since that plan includes me, since that plan includes you, and in fact all of God's church today, I believe it would therefore certainly behoove us to consider what God has to say here in the verses of Scripture that He's led us to this morning. However, first things first, first things first. When you study the Bible, you'll discover that God primarily in His Word speaks of three different types of giving. First and foremost, God speaks of the tithe. Now you've heard Pastor Bush talk uh, about the tithe. He's preached a message on tithing before, I'm sure. This isn't a tithing message, but it's impossible for me to teach or preach about giving and not tell you what God says in His Word about the tithe. The word tithe simply means tenth and speaks of a tenth of one's increase that God has ordained in order to be, uh, in order uh, that the needs of the local Bible believing church be met. It is to be given, it is ordained by God to be given from each and every one of His children. 
let me say again, that's God's plan for providing the financial needs for the local Bible-believing church. Just as God has a plan to reach the world with the gospel, He also has a plan to finance the ministry of His local church. And that is through and by the tithes of the people of God. Now hear me this morning, according to the Bible, the tithe should be the starting point of all of our giving. Now, it should never be the stopping point, but it should always be the starting point of all of our giving. Before Cassie and I give to missions, before we give a special offering, Cassie and I give at least, we give more than 10%, but at least 10% of what God sends us every single month, we give it through our local Bible-believing church. That is God's ordained way of providing financially for the ministry of the local church. Now, don't come up to me after the service and try to convince me that tithing was something that was only done under the law. Abraham tithed before there was a law. Abraham commenced it, Jacob continued it, Moses commanded it. In the New Testament of the Bible, the Lord Jesus himself commended it. And if Jesus commended it, who in the world am I to cancel it? Amen. Amen. The Bible says in Leviticus chapter 27 and verse 30, The tithe is the Lord's and it is holy unto Him. And therefore since the tithe already belongs to the Lord, you or I either one really haven't even started giving until we have given what all above and beyond what already belongs to the Lord. Pastor Bush... I am absolutely convinced, I am absolutely convinced that every need of the church would be met and exceeded if God's people would just be obedient to God's command to tithe. That is exactly why the Bible says in Malachi chapter 3, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse. And that word storehouse is the Old Testament equivalent to the New Testament church. That there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10 is just one portion of the Word of God out of several portions of the Word of God that assures me this morning, listen, it's not a burden to tithe. Brother, it's a blessing to tithe. Tithing doesn't produce poverty. Tithing assures me of God's plenty. Amen. I'll say this and I'm moving. After almost four decades of ministry, I have never, I have never, are you listening? I have never met a spiritual Christian that wasn't a scriptural tither. And so the Bible speaks of the tithe. Then the Bible speaks of sacrificial giving or voluntary offerings. Now this type of giving is above and beyond the tithe. For instance... The children of Israel gave up their own treasure when it came to the erection of the tabernacle in the wilderness. That, ladies and gentlemen, is a wonderful example of sacrificial giving in order that the work of God might move forward. And opportunities always abound through the ministry of any local church for God's people to be involved in sacrificial giving or voluntary offerings. But then, 
then there is what I believe is the most blessed of all giving. And that is giving by faith in order to make a difference in the lives of others. I like to call it the missions offering. And ladies and gentlemen, the more I read and study my Bible, the more I am absolutely positively convinced that God intended for the world to be evangelized by means of this type of giving. Giving by faith. Now I want to take my Bible and walk you right down through these verses of Scripture and show you what God, not what Dr. Bush says, not what Brother Caudill says, not what Brother Anthony, I want to show you from the Bible what God says about giving by faith. First of all, look with me here in these verses of Scripture. Notice number one, the problems the Macedonians' faith had to overcome. The problems their faith had to overcome. Before we dig into the scriptures, can I say this this morning? There will always be problems your faith has to overcome. If you are waiting until you pay the car off, then chances are you will never know the joy of giving by faith for the sake of others. If you are waiting until you make the last house payment, uh, uh, until you, you, you pay the doctor bill or the hospital bill off, chances are you will never know the joy of giving by faith for the sake of others. There will always be problems your faith, my faith, will have to overcome. According to the text before us, these Macedonian believers, they had to give in spite of some things. Look with me again in verse number 1. Paul writes, Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. Verse 2, look at it with me. How that in a great trial of affliction... The abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. And so according to verse number 2, the Macedonian churches gave in spite of two things. First of all, they gave in spite of great affliction. Do you see it in verse 2? Listen, these Macedonian believers, brother, they knew what it was like to suffer for the cause of Christ. Paul refers to the Thessalonian sufferings in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 when he wrote, For ye also have suffered like things of your own countrymen, even as they have of the Jews. These Macedonian churches consisted of the church of Thessalonica, the church of Berea, and the church of Philippi. The Thessalonians especially knew what it was like to suffer for the cause of Christ. Paul also spoke of their suffering in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. He also spoke of their suffering in 2 Thessalonians chapter number 1. Can you imagine how easy it would have been for the Macedonian believers to get their eyes only upon themselves and their own suffering? But yet they determined to make a difference in the lives of others by giving in spite of great affliction. They not only gave in spite of great affliction, but according to verse 2, they gave in spite of, what does your Bible say? Deep poverty. 
Deep poverty. Oh, but preacher, I can't give anything to world evangelism. I'm on a fixed... Can I encourage you to underline those two words, deep poverty? Let me remind you this morning, Grace Baptist Church, these Macedonian believers were not giving out of their abundance. They were not giving because they could afford to give. They were not giving because it was comfortable. They were not giving out of convenience. They were giving in spite of deep poverty. Again, can you imagine how easy it would have been to get their eyes only upon themselves and only upon their own circumstances. But in spite of affliction, in spite of deep poverty, their heart was still towards God and each other. Can I tell you why? I'll tell you why. Because when they put their treasure in making a difference in the lives of others, their heart followed. And isn't that exactly what Jesus said would happen? Yes, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Do you know what Jesus said? Jesus said, you put your treasure here. And where you put your treasure, I'll give you my word, your heart will follow. You want to know why some folks have a heart? Don't have a heart, rather, for reaching the world with the gospel. They've never put their treasure there. I want to tell you, if you give in spite of some things, if you put your treasure there, Jesus has already assured us that our hearts would follow. There will always be problems. Your faith, my faith, will have to overcome. Secondly, notice the pattern of their faith. You see the pattern of their faith in verse 3. Paul writes, For to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves. Do you see the pattern of their faith? These believers, first and foremost, according to verse 3, they started giving to their power. Giving starts where? The tithe. That's giving to your power. And then I'll tell you what I believe it means. I believe verse number 3 means that these Macedonian believers, they sat down and maybe they had never given to missions before. Maybe they had never given by faith before. But even though it wasn't much, I believe they figured up what would fit in their monthly budget. And they gave that. That's to their power. And I'm so thankful God put those words in verse number 3. To their power. Because if you're here this morning and you've never given over and above your regular tithes and offerings so that others could hear the gospel. This is a wonderful place to start. Can I ask you this? What can you afford to give? Could you give a dollar a day? A soda costs more than a dollar a day. Amen. Uh, Could you give 50 cents a day? Could you give $15 a month over and above your regular tithes and offerings to be given through your local Bible-believing church so we can get more missionaries to the field? That's giving to your power. 
I'm so thankful, Dr. Bush, God put those words in our King James Bibles for to their power. That's a wonderful place to start. But wait a minute. When these Macedonian churches started giving to their power, when they put their treasure in reaching others, somebody tell me who has been listening, what followed? Their heart followed. You're listening. Amen. Now, when their heart followed, they wanted to do more. There was a holy dissatisfaction with giving what added up on paper. And so I believe with all of my heart, they went to the Lord and they said something like this, Lord, when we put our treasure in reaching others with the gospel, when we started giving to the Apostle Paul's church planning ministry, Lord, what you said would happen, happened. And our heart followed. And we want to give more, Lord, but there's a problem. It doesn't add up on paper. Lord, we have given all that adds up on paper. We have given. We started giving to our power. But Lord, we want to do more. So Lord, believing that you honor faith, we're going to take a step of faith here. And we're going to trust you, Lord, to give through us to give what you would never give to us to keep. And when they exercised their faith, according to verse 3, they were able to give beyond their power. Because God honored their faith. The Bible teaches us in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, that without faith it is what? It is impossible to please the Lord. So the pattern of their faith. Oh, what a great example these Macedonian churches set for you and me. In that they gave to their power, yes. But as they exercised their faith, God enabled them to give beyond the pattern of their faith. Notice thirdly, the partnership of their faith. Verse 4. Verse 4 teaches us that these churches pleaded with Paul to take the offering. Notice what Paul said in verse 4. Praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift. Do you know what Paul is saying? Paul is saying this. The Macedonian churches said, Paul, we're going to send you an offering. Paul said something like this, absolutely not, you're suffering great affliction, you're living in deep poverty. You remember what Paul said about the church of Philippi, he commended the church of Philippi for sending once and again unto his necessity. They gave, and then they gave again, and then they gave again, and then they gave again, and they told Paul, Paul, we're going to send you another offering. Paul said, absolutely not. You're not sending me any more offerings. You've already done exceeding a button. Absolutely. And according to verse 4, they begged him, Paul, please take our offering. Please take our money. Please take our funds. You want to know why they begged Paul, praying us with much entreaty? Because the Macedonian churches realized then 
what each and every one of us ought to realize this morning, church. It's not just that the missionary needs you. Now, they do need the, they do need the local church. They've got to have the Dr. Craig Bushes. They can't do it without you. But wait a minute. Can I ask you a question? Has God commanded Grace Baptist Church to reach the country of Mexico with the gospel? How about it? Has He? He sure has. Well, see, it isn't just that Brother Wynn in Mexico needs you. If God has commanded you to reach Mexico with the gospel, you need Brother Wynn. God has so designed this thing that we must have each other. That is exactly why the Bible teaches us in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, for we are laborers together, and I like these next two words, with God. As you and I work together, God works with us. The partnership of their faith. And finally, one other thing. If you'll look in verse 5, in verse number 5, you can see the priority of their faith. Notice what Paul says in verse 5. And this they did not as we hoped, which simply means the church's giving far exceeded what Paul could have ever hoped for. And this they did not as we hoped, but somebody say that next word for me. First gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. But first, can I encourage you to underline that word first, highlight that word first, circle that word first. That word first speaks of position and it speaks of priority. But first, notice what your Bible says. Does the Bible say that they first gave a faith promise card? Or does the Bible, does your Bible say they first put a $20 bill in the offering plate? Does your Bible say they first put a shekel in the offering No, that's not what your Bible says. If you're carrying the right Bible this morning, your Bible says this, but first gave what? Their own selves. They put themselves in the offering plate. And when they put themselves in the offering plate, (laughs) their pocketbooks and their wallets went in the offering plate with them. I feel right at home here, so let me just preach real, real plain. You know why some folks are never challenged to give by faith for the sake of others? I'll tell you why. They don't put a special offering for others in the offering plate because they've never put themselves in the offering plate. If you will start by putting yourself in the offering plate, I assure you, everything else will fall right into place. Making the case for giving by faith. Can we pray together? Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I pray you'd take these thoughts directly from your word and use it 
to produce an eternal harvest for your glory. Father, I pray for Dr. Bush now. You'd give him wisdom and discernment as he leads us in the furtherance of the service in Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Who would say, preacher, if I died today, I'm not 100% sure that I would go to heaven. I don't know that for sure. I'm not going to come to you. I'll not call your name. I'll not embarrass you. But you say, preacher, if I died today, I don't know for sure I'd go to heaven, but I'd like to know that someday. Would you raise your hand? All right. Someone else? Who would say, preacher, if I died today, I know for sure. I have trusted Christ. I know for sure. Would you raise your hand? Oh, my soul. Many, 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 many hands. Thank you. You can put them down. I wonder who'd say, preacher, God's tugging at my heart today. I know he did mine. Who'd say, preacher, that sermon was for me. Would you raise your hand? Oh, my soul. Scores. You may put them down. 